Dude, I don't even know what to say, man. I miss Target and its Tuesday release of albums. That used to Dude. be something to look forward to. Dude, Target is amazing. I love going there. Dude, and their, their cartwheel and their cartwheel app integration where you can scan stuff and save money or pay more if the website's more expensive than the actual store. I freaking love it, dude. Target so, Target knows what they're doing. I think Guitar Center should take a cue from Target. They should merge companies. What? You're talking, you you're, talking, about it, you're talking craziness, bro. No, but if you think about it, they kind of have a similar kind of, uh, you know, kind of theme with their logo. It's a, it's like it's a red target, red circle. The guitar center has the red G for the guitar. And, and you know, hmm. guitar center is not really known as the everyone's first choice when it comes to uh, big box retailing. And uh, maybe they should learn some pointers from a tried and true chain like target hmm. Hmm. I, mean, I mean if guitar center had like the cartwheel app like what you're talking about yeah can you imagine i don't know when i when i think of a guitar center i think more of like if i were to, if we were to, let's compare shit. if we were to compare like target target to a music store would be like the sweetwater target to sweetwater in the experience right Yes. I wouldn't say GC is even close to Walmart. No. I would say GC is the equivalent of walking to a Dollar General. Oh my God. That's that's like perfect. <laughs> apples for apples, dude. You like want- a Dollar General or a, um, there's Dollar Tree. Pretty much like any dollar store think, yeah you can think of think about it there's like that dollar general where they expanded where it's like dollar general plus and you walk in there and you're like man you know this stuff's useful but it's all shitty you go into guitar center it's like yeah this stuff's useful but it's all shitty pretty much yeah i mean what it is now i mean you know like we were talking about like how guitar center used to be like when we were in our, our young heydays Oh, I used to be. You no, know, we'd go into Guitar Center. It, you'd, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, look, there's some nice Gibsons on the on the on the wall. There's some nice Fenders. You know, maybe a PRS here and there. Some cool Ibanezes. Now it's just shit, dude. It, it's it's because the rise of Mark Agnesi. There's a there's a causation correlation. Mark Agnesi yeah. is like, have you seen the movie The Eternals? No. Okay. Well, you don't have to watch the Eternals. It's kind of a waste of time. But Mark Agnesi is kind of like that. You know, he he just he was cool for a second, but then you realize he never really was cool. He was just fucking scary. Like you weren't impressed with his playing or his his leather jacket with his Converse because he always wears the same fucking thing every day. You're more impressed because he's like hypnotizing you. He's like, if you really listen to the subliminal messages that he's sending while he's playing, it's kind of like. It tells you what happened to the corrosion of, of GC. He looks while he plays and he's looking at your soul saying, I want you to fucking die. I want to kill you. Fuck you. That's what he's saying. Those exact words in repetition. Those eyes, man. They tell they tell the whole story. <sighs> yeah, it's fucking scary, dude. But regardless, in all positive news, the Red Hot Chili Peppers released their latest freaking song. And it kind of captured what... We were kind of like talking about on our last podcast of the raw sound because nowadays, man, everything's overproduced, man. And they and 
I mean, some of the comments for the new uh, the new single Black Summer, people's comments were kind of funny because some people are complaining that oh, it sounds like it sounds like old Red Hot Chili Peppers are trying to copy their own music, or it sounds like this. It's like, well, no fucking shit. John Frusciante returned to the band. I mean, what do you expect? John Frusciante. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, the Peppers stuff, but John's like the part of the Peppers that that every Peppers guitar player tries to emulate. Yeah, he he wrote all those famous licks, all of them, uh, those dude. famous licks and and the riffs and everything. The, those are all his his work. All of them, dude. Like if you think about it, I mean, Hello Slovak passed away at a young age because of a heroin o- overdose, and then freaking you know, Frusciante was a hardcore fan. You know, he joined the band at eighteen. Of course, fame got to him too much because you know, eighteen years old, rolling with the Peppers, and he came out yeah, with like he got on the yeah he got on the smack too. Oh, he got on the smack at a very young age where he couldn't even, you know, he, he, he was just, you know, he was too young, dude, too young, too early to be with such a, a, a group. They were, and they were already in their addictions at the time, but regardless, he came in, he, he took the peppers to a new stratosphere. Um, you know, he's the, the son of two musicians, but he's also a big carrier of, um, you know, he, he, you could tell his playing is very Hendrix influenced. Oh yeah, for sure. Heavily ever Hendrix influence. His, his chord voicings and the kind of chord arpeggios that he does is very it's it's very loosely based on Hendrix. It's actually like pretty much a, a straight copy on almost. Yeah, the triads, right? And the use of the thumb for the root. I mean, for Shante, mm-hmm. he doesn't he he was basically, you know, Hendrix, you know, he's Hendrix, Jeff Beck, Jimmy Page and David Gilmore, just all into one. That's that's how I always thought of John Frusciante. If you get all those guys and you make them a hipster, that's John. So John comes along, you know, they release Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which has a bunch of great tunes. I think that's the one we're under the bridges on, if I'm not mistaken. So I think so too, because um, I was watching a TikTok and they kind of did like a whole kind of you know minute minute or three minute rundown on the the uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers career. So this is also like stuff I didn't know before, but you know, I got caught up with TikTok. Dude, that that's freaking awesome, dude, because I mean, during the time where cause I remember when Peppers came out with their last album. To me, their last album was Blood Sugar Sex Magic, right? That this we're talking back mm-hmm. in the 90s. And then Dude Quit, and then Jane's Addiction guitarist, Dave Navarro joined, and then they recorded One Hot Minute. And I just remember Aeroplane being on MTV back when MTV used to play music videos. And I'm like, you know, as a kid, I'm just like, isn't that Jane's Addiction guitar player? And it just didn't make that sense guy. to me. Yeah. That, I'm guy, all, that guy's annoying. Uh, Dave Navarro? Yeah. Uh, he was on that show uh, they, where they do the tattoos. Yeah, Ink. I forgot what it's called. Kingy or something. Uh, something about Ink, Ma- Ink Master. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Ink Master. I was like, every time there's a show about tattoos, this guy has to be the host of the co-host. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Since when did he, you know, represent the tattoo like, nation? Yeah, like when did he become like the major domo of freaking tattoos? I feel like he's more like that dude that tells you to remove your eggs from the heat. <laughs> What's that guy's name? The famous chef that Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> he's trying to anoint himself as the that? Gordon Ramsay of tattoos. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> But I mean, Gordon like Gordon Ramsay, Gordon Ramsay is actually like a world renowned chef and Dave Navarro. I mean, he's not really known for 
Well, that's like the only thing he's known for is Jane's addiction and his very small stint with Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then occasionally uh, host co-hosting or hosting a tattoo show. Well, let me tell you the truth about Dave Navarro. Let me tell you the truth about Dave Navarro. You ready? I'm gonna tell you the reason why he's even famous. Okay. Because he was married to Carmen Electra. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's the only reason, dude. It's not because. You know, Dave Navarro's amazing guitar player. I was like, no, dude, you had mad game because you were married to Carmen Electra at the time where she was, like Wayne's World said, showing, you know what I mean? During the highlight of her career. Now that makes that makes more sense. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah, I remember <laughs> seeing something like that. Like they were dating or they were married or something like that. Yep, that's the only reason. Point blank, period. He joins the band. He uh, They release One Hot Minute and then... I remember life sucked around that time. It just sucked in general. I don't know why. Shawn Michaels won the title off Bret the Him at Heart. WrestleMania 12. Iron Man match. You know, that spectacle. Shawn Michaels lost his smile. The title lost hands. And then, 1998. John Frusciante rejoins the Red Hot Chili Peppers. They release Californication. Mm -hmm. That album, at that time, even today... It is the freshest raw album that I can think of when I think of raw music just running it through. That's the first song I th- I probably think of when I when I hear Red Hot Chili Peppers or even see like their logo, Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. Californication. Californication. And the album, I remember the album art. Um I got I got that CD uh in the summer of 99 by my buddy JD. Shout out to JD for giving me the album. Um it was a reverse image where I had to look at it for a while. I'm like, what the fuck? Why are the clouds red? And then I guess it's a flipped image. But the that album, when it came out, it was like the hybrid between the beginning of the Peppers and what we all thought was the end. Because we all thought Frusciante was going to die that year. Because <laughs> he looked like shit. Because of the heroin addiction and all that jazz. I mean, he looked really bad. So, dude went through it, but they come out with Californication. Then they came out with Snoop Dogg at the Billboard Awards 1999. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they played that live with Snoop D-O-double-G. I think that's where the Peppers, what I thought at that time is they reached, they reached their mecca. Like, oh, man, no, the Peppers can't go beyond this. This is it. This is where they're at. John Frusciante had his Jubilee amp. He had his Fender Stratocaster. It looks like an early model. Flea had his modulus bass. I mean, Anthony Kiedis was wearing his duck uniform, but I mean, they, they were on point. So we're like, dude, this is it. If Californication is the last album, we're good, right? Because it had Scar Tissue, had Californication, it had Other Side, it had Around the World. I mean, it had some tunage, man. Those songs were, were powerful and they were raw. So then the summer of 2002 comes around and... Um, They release, uh, by the way, their follow-up to Californication. And this this, uh, music video introduced text messaging. Really? (laughs) Yeah, because back then, there was little portable mobile devices that you could uh, text to friends. It it was like through T-Mobile or some carrier. I don't know if it's T-Mobile. I think it was AT&T or Singular Wireless. But you would carry a device specifically for texting. (laughs) <laughs> so then the music video is some crazy dude hijacks Anthony Kiedis and he sends a text message and then they came out with the introduction to that the follow-up album by the way which is very much its own 
its own tune. By the way, it had no guitar solos. It was it was very heavily influenced by The Clash. And it just had some tunes. That album was released in, in stages where, where internet radio was kicking up. So you got to hear one song and then you had to wait a month for the next song. And you had to stream it. You couldn't download it. You had to stream it. Came out with By The Way, Dosed, um, Zephyr Song. A bunch of tunes that like today that that's a good album that describes like what they're going through as a band because it kind of goes from beginning to end it, it wraps itself up they have a song called cabron where um anthony kiedis talks about his time growing up in la and how you know shit gets crazy with the southerners and all that jazz but great album if you want to get the feel for la life and then the follow-up to that was stadium arcadium now this is your guys's generation this is this is your yep. era so if you have anything you want to talk about, Stadium Arcadium, I think it was, it's that one song everyone covers that they think is the Peppers, like original song. I mean, it is an original Pepper song, but it's the most notable. I think it's called Snow. Oh, Snow Hayo. <laughs> that's your guys' medley for Introduction to the Peppers. Yeah, that's like another one of those. It's like Little Wing, like where everyone, they like to, they learn it and they think like they're the badass at guitar. Which is kind of rightly so, because it's, it's it's a very kind of difficult song to get down. But it's like one of those it's it's one of those those songs that when you see it on IG for I don't know the umpteenth time, you're like, learn something else, please. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't gotten on the on the TikTok. Um, actually, I'll I'll probably take care of that one for you. I'll do the brutally honest guitar talk with Gonzo Rocket and release my own spiel on that. Yeah, you should. That'd be fun. I'm going to copy you straight up. I'm going to be like, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm not going to do this. And then I'm going to be like, learn something else. God damn it. Because <laughs> there's so much other songs to the Peppers that are more. Um, I mean, that one's that's the next gen. When I listen to Stadium Arcadium, to me, that's 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 the end of the Peppers. That to me, that's the end. That's that wraps it up. Their career is over. John quits. That was that was what wasn't that like their highest selling album? I don't think it was. I think Blood Sugar Sex Magic or Californication was. It's probably It's I mean honestly, I, I, I never thought I would hear um Stadium Arcadia more than any other album, but it's cause it was a two disc album. Yeah, I remember that. I remember it like there was like a, a Target exclusive or something. Mm-hmm. I remember that like very vividly when it first came out in 2006, I think. Yeah, it was around 2006. I believe it was 2006, 2007. Yeah. That was the song Danny California uh, was on. That that song goes fucking hard. Dude, that song, they got sued, right? Because it sounded really close to the other um, Last Dance for Mary Jane. I forgot. They got sued for that. Stadium Arcadium also. Yeah. I'd have to go. Back, I'd have to go back and listen to that. It had, had a lot of good tunes. It had animals. It had a bunch of stuff. Um, so Stadium Arcadium. That's the end. That's the wrap up of the Peppers. John Frusciante quits, and then they come out with two albums that I listen to today. The ones with not without John. And I'm just thinking, if you literally sub- subtract the guitar player, <laughs> those albums makes a huge difference. You can stand alone, dude. Like those albums were it. It those two albums without John feel like. Flea, Anthony, and Chad are like, fuck it, John quit, let's just write the song and invite Josh Klinghoffer to play whatever he wants on it, but if you listen to it, the bass carries everything. Of the whole album. Everything. 
it doesn't even need a guitar player because those songs were influenced or written when um, John was in the band, a m- majority of those. So it's like Red Hot Chili Peppers without John. I know the next gen believe that Josh Klinghoffer is the Peppers because, you know, th- th- every generation has their their association with certain artists to be certain band ma- members or whatever. Yeah. But to those people, I say you're fucking wrong. <laughs> Josh Klinghoffer is not the guitar player for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It is John Frusciante. Yeah, and I, I would I would definitely agree with you on that. Oh, dude, there's some diehards. If you follow the when they announced that John's rejoining the band, whew, the people on Reddit, like all the all the 16 year olds, are like, "No, John Frusciante sucked." I was like, "Wait, what? Get the fuck out of here, kids!" <laughs> Josh Klinghoffer was never the Peppers guitar player, and he knew his time was gonna run out. He knew it'd be like if I joined the Peppers. Yeah, I can copy Frusciante key for key, but. At the end of the day, I'm not John Frusciante. <laughs> There's John Frusciante's here still. Yeah, exactly. Um, that reminds me of this thing that's going around on uh, football Twitter right now. Ooh, the foosball. Uh, it's it's kind of like what you're referring to with like the younger generation. They think that they they kind of seen the best of of what they've seen already. But then the previous generations are like, no, there's there's much better. Uh, players or there's much better you know people out there that you've never heard of or you weren't around to see them in their prime like there there's this one thing right now that's going around i think it was it was on some some twitter account some guys like oh who would you rather have in their prime a prime Darrell revis or a prime trayvon diggs a trayvon diggs is like a rookie he plays for the dallas cowboys right now but uh Darrell revis plays the same position he's a um He's a, a, a cornerback, a, de- a defensive back. And um, for the longest time, he was probably one of, if not the best defensive back in the game for probably a good five to seven years. Oh, wow. And he had a he had a, a nickname. His nickname was Revis Island because any receiver that was matched up with him, good luck getting off that island. Because he like he he literally was such a good player like he was like Deion Sanders, you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I think probably Deion Sanders is probably a better overall football player. But for this generation, like my generation, the guy that we saw as like the the Deion Sanders of our generation was um, Darrell Revis, and now just because this rookie kid. He got like, I don't know, like 10 interceptions this year. People are like young kids, like maybe 15, 16 are like saying, oh, who'd you rather have? Trayvon Diggs, this rookie who like got lucky and got 10 interceptions or this guy who pretty much shut down an entire side of the football field for five to seven years. <laughs> that that same argument was going on with um, basketball. I mean, Penny Hardaway and then Kobe Bryant came around and then Jordan. Yeah. Right, everyone's always like, "Oh, Jordan and Kobe. Jordan was better. Kobe. It depends on which generation." My generation mm-hmm. was like, "Fucking Jordan, dude. He's the man." And then the other generation is like, "No, Kobe Bryant." And now there, there's the other guy, Bron James, LeBron James. Yeah. So I mean, every generation yeah, has their def- people. It it's definitely a generational thing. Same thing with music. Yeah, and and then the. And we're gonna say this right now. And this just generation's music. What nothing's come out. John Mayer is holding the, the mantle for all genres, man. I'm I'm still trying to find something up and coming, man. 
I mean, mm, yeah, I really I don't. Mean, I mean, I, I took your lead on on the, the mayor thing because, you know, you're the blues guy. But I mean, for me being like the the rock guy or jazz guy, whatever you want to call me. I don't know. I'm, I'm a Peppers fan, but I haven't had anything when the Peppers were not with John. I, I like had zero interest in popular rock music just because to me, they were the, the band to follow. Yeah, they definitely were. They're like, they're they're gonna be well. They already if they already are, but they're like the legendary kind of rock band of the late twentieth century to the twenty first century. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Most most deaf. I I, I totally agree. There's not really a rock band, you know, that's you know killing it right now. That's like new, and that's why a lot of people are saying that you know rock is kind of dying, which is could be true but it's like it's not there's there's probably some really good rock bands out there but they're not really being marketed very well no like remember that there's too much noise yeah you remember that it's it's what's it called it's uh it was like this video i sent you that you were talking about for years that it's like there's so much new music that's being released it's kind of like we have fatigue yeah, I, I think it's just too much. You really have to be amazing to stand out right now. You can't be mediocre. Mm-hmm. You have to really, 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 really stand out. Oh, shout out to The Conformist. At the end of our podcast, he has our his song, his single out there. So check it. But yeah, definitely, I mean, there's nothing there. But you know, kind of like how TikTok is bringing the old music back. What mm-hmm. I liked about John's performances... When I saw him live in 2006 for their Stadium, Arcadium, or By The Way tour, he covered a song by himself by the Bee Gees, uh, How Deep Is Your Love. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the fuck the Bee Gees were at that time. I, I, don't, I didn't pay attention enough. So I, it made me open up their catalog. You know what I mean? He bridged the old with the, with the modern, and he did a really good job of it. So when I learned Staying Alive was their song and How Deep Is Your Love and all that, I was like, oh, damn, those are the Bee Gees? And then it it opened up another catalog like, man, those guys were super talented, super talented. Yeah, that's that's exactly what music's supposed to do. It's supposed to get the listener to, you know, draw the listener in and then make the listener learn something and then go back and learn more about music. That's what good music is supposed to do. Supposed to be a bridge, not like them fucking IG guitar players. They make me want to just not play the guitar, not because I'm offended, not, more because this shit's crap. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? These guys can't they they can't keep in time. They can't do a a half bend correctly. Are oh, you talking about Snuggles? What's that guy's name? Yeah, we're talk, talking about Boat Boy. Oh, fucking Boat Guy. That guy sucked. I saw his playing. He sent me his video, and I gave him a chance. I listened to it very neutrally and unbiased, and I'm just like. Wait, he, he's trying not. What is he doing here? Is he trying to cover? Is he trying not to cover? And then, I, and then no, it just got progressively guy, worse. Yeah, this guy apparently he's known for doing like pedal demos, right? So like these companies send him pedals, and he makes like cute little videos, and he of him playing the pedal, demoing it, whatever. And he was testing out this new pedal that's supposed to be a, a tube screamer, a blues, a blues breaker pedal, and a clon. Uh, type pedal like all three in one and he was using a john mayer song vultures to demo the pedal (laughs) and i mean like 
it's it, it it's not like one of it's it, i don't know how to i don't know how to explain it like it's it's not a hard song to if you have any sort of rhythm it's not a hard song to do but for those who are rhythm, rhythmically challenged i could see how it's difficult no but that's just like how do i explain it i mean can to- you go one two three Four, no, but one, the, the problem two. is this individual is claiming to be the ultimate fan. Yeah. See, if you're an ultimate fan and you're claiming to be, I emulate this artist because he is my favorite. Emulate is saying that you can do it note for note, play it well, and you, you've devoted some, you've been woodshedding it. Like you've been practicing it. You've been putting your due diligence. Something. Mm-hmm. You have to put something, some effort. There was no effort in that. It was kind of like noise. I felt offended because I lost some of my my life that I'll never get back. And <laughs> I was just like, no, see, stuff like that. I was like, come on, dude. In the con- and then he like tried to save himself in the comment section. He's like, oh, I'm purposely playing it bad because I want to avoid copyright strike. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, dude. There's no copyright strike on IG, is there? I know. Is there? I don't think so. I don't know. It's just like, own it. I would have been like, yeah, yeah. I fucked up. Let me work on this. I'll, I'll come back in two weeks. Have some yeah, pride, nice. you know? Have something. Yeah, but not impressed. I mean, not trying to be part of the Mean Girls Club, but I mean, in reality, it's just, come on, bro. If you're if you're claiming to be this virtuoso that reviews pedals, come on. At least Mark Ignisi can play. Yeah. He's a dick, yeah, but he, he can play. He's got he's he's got that work going for him, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, enough, I mean, he, he, got, he knows Slash. I don't know Slash yet. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, "This is the guy that tried to come up in front to me about playing Little Wing." <laughs> oh yeah, he got really offended by that. That's funny. Yeah, I was like, "Keep working on the F sharp minor pentatonic, dude." <laughs> I mean, if you wanted to be mean, you could have pursued that, but you're you're gonna be a bigger person on that. Yeah, you know, because you gotta take a step back because we're all in the same boat. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, that sure, was really buddy? bad. We should probably share that yeah. video just to no, because then we'll get them views. We're not doing that. So John okay. Frusciante, being a good musician, uh, a virtue, not a virtuoso. Well, they called him a virtuoso at that time. He um. He did bring. He did bridge. I want to take a quick time out and like kind of do a tangent. What exactly is a virtuoso? Because uh, virtu- when I think of virtuoso, I think of like guys like Steve Vai. Oh, because of the style, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because Vai Vai defined it. He defined what the virtuoso sound is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think virtuoso signifies like a very like you came onto the scene very young. In this context, oh, but, that doesn't really make sense. But I mean, what do well, I know? Well, that's what VH1 <laughs> called him during the the behind the music. Yeah, but I mean VH1's dead, so for good reason they fucked up. Steve Vai probably transported in time and said, "Hey, this isn't a virtuoso," and then he then they got they went under. See, it was Steve I's power. That's that's what a virtuoso does. <laughs> a virtuoso will correct you, and make you go out of business. 
Hey, exactly. we're going to see him in December or September or whatever. That's going to be fun. November. November, yeah. That one's going to be fun just because, one, it's local. Two, it's, it's Steve I. It should be entertaining. He has some... His songs from the album... If I were to recommend one album to you for him, it would be the one that has For the Love of God. Mm-hmm. God damn it, I'm drawing a blank. I always draw blanks, bro. Because <laughs> you have no memory. I have no memory. Apparently, I forget everything every day. You it's, have like a two. You have like a two <laughs> megabyte memory. <laughs> Fucking shit. It's a, it's his uh, studio album after Flexible. See, I know that. Uh, <laughs> damn it. My bad, dude. My bad. So the dictionary definition of a virtuoso is a person highly skilled in music or another artistic pursuit. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, I just always thought, you know, a virtuoso was kind of like a, you know, the the cream, the creme de la creme, you know, kind of like, like uh, Macho Man Randy Savage says, oh, you got to be the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Dude, um, yeah. Pa- it's called Passion and Warfare. If you were to listen to one album of Steve I, Passion and Warfare is probably his, his most notable okay yeah it's just straight up album he has some goofy shit in there but i mean hey it was the 80s people did goofy shit oh yeah they did some goofy drugs too yeah hey but keep in mind he was in frank zappa's band and he's 61 years old right now yeah i mean and then the sob rock tour kicks off next week dude and then we see him in uh march 19th dude that week's gonna gonna be fun crazy as fuck for me so march 19th I'm going to that concert. March 21st, I got to get my car dropped into the shop. March 21st, I'm going to be in SAC from the 21st all the way to the 26th. So oh, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, fucking training. Oh, well. Is it uh, Jedi Mandalorian training? Yeah, I, I figure I picked the, the, pick the armor. Because think about it, dude. Mandalorians can be cool with each other, have homies with cool suits, back each other up, not be little bitches about having to give everything up in life and still kick ass. I'm sorry. Yeah, that yeah. that definitely that definitely changes things cuz like when I was a kid I always wanted to be a Jedi, you know, cuz I had those cool lightsabers and you know, the cool robes and they can jump, you know, super high and everything. And it was cool. And then you see the Mandalorians and their creed and they're like this is cool too. I mean, you don't you don't get a glowy lightsaber, but I mean, you get a bunch of weapons and you get to wear cool armor that can't penetrate uh through black the blasters can't penetrate through lightsabers can't penetrate through you get to wear a cool helmet and instead of having to jump around they have the air packs they have a little rocket yeah they pack. have yeah they have the jet packs i mean it's like they're like a artificial jedi without all the rules yeah, the Jedi have too many rules. I think that's what led that's exactly what led to their downfall. Is because the too probably much. the most powerful Jedi of all time, arguably, didn't want to conform to their rules. <laughs> and like like I told you <laughs> in our in our private uh messages, I was saying Anakin, Anakin risked risked it all for some pee, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was thirsty. And he was. Dude. He didn't want to give up that thirst for Jedi powers. He's like, eh, fuck it. I'll be a Sith. Yeah, he was an all-time simp. Yeah, he simped it up. But, I mean, if you're a Mandalorian, he could have had his cake and ate it, too. 
Yeah, they they actually encourage you know uh, attachment and family. <laughs> they encourage family values. Like, dude, yeah. dude made armor for freaking Grogu. Like, this is for Spoiler you. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoiler. And then Luke's being a little bitch about it. He's like, well, I didn't get any gifts growing up. Fuck you. But they gave him that lightsaber, didn't they? Fucking Luke. Yeah, Obi-Wan gave him his father's lightsaber after he cut his legs off on Mustafar. Yeah, but he wasn't being a little bitch about it. Like, you got to either take your dad's legs from Mustafar or take your lightsaber. And then he ended up fucking losing it in a lightsaber duel against his father. Yeah. I'm telling you, dude, this is the this Jedi have it all wrong, dude. The Jedi are like the creed of just because, you know, the Jedi, the Jedi are like they're like the egomaniacs of the the Star Wars universe. They're the Elon Musk of the world. Ooh, <laughs> damn. So Elon Musk is a, is a modern day Jedi. That's pretty terrible. <laughs> there was a pause. I want to hear why hope, it's so terrible. I hope Tesla's not listening to this. Um, I, we're actually sponsored by Tesla, but um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> nah, dude, I'm be, I'm just like I don't know. It, I think if 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 Grogu ends up going Mandalorian, I think this generation's Jedi is gonna be Mandalorians. And we're going to see kids in their Mandalorian suits with Mandalorian merch. And I think the, the day of the Jedi is over because Jedi and Sith was too black and white. You can be a Sith with all these cool powers. Or you can be a Jedi with all those cool powers. But now there's an option. There's third option. You can be a Mandalorian, look fucking cool and do all the cool shit and fuck Jedi up. Yep. pretty. That's pretty true. Yeah, it could be. But I, I honestly think that Grogu's gonna be the second ever half Jedi, half Mandalorian. Well, the first Mandalorian was half Jedi, half Mando. Yeah, yeah. So he's gonna be the second person ever, and he's gonna be the rightful owner to the dark saber. Dude, that's gonna be badass. <laughs> I like how everyone's like the dark saber's like. <gasps> the dark saber's badass, dude. It is. And then fucking Luke comes around like a fucking hater. Hey, but Luke did look better in uh, in this uh, version versus when we first saw him at the end of season two dude, of Mandalorian. That, that machine learning, dude. Crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah, when I was watching it, I was like, Book of Boba Fett, it's like, it doesn't look low budget at all. Um, th- th- There's a lot of dark scenes. That's where they save money at, right? Dark scenes is more of an illusion, like, you know, this is what's happening, but we're not going to show you every detail. That mm. That's where it's considered low budget. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of like... Um, did you ever watch Game of Thrones? No. Okay, don't watch it. Waste of life, waste of time. I already, I already know the end. Yeah, and that ending was so fucking terrible. I, I would never watch that show again. Never. It's just It was bad, dude. It was funny. I was making fun of a couple of my friends who were uh, Game of Thrones people. They're like... Oh my god, Game of Thrones is amazing. And then you know, this is like, you know, the eighth and final season. They're like, oh my god, it's finally gonna happen, you know. And then we all know what happens at the end. And then they're like, Man, like that fucking show sucks. Like, we watched eight years for this. And I was like, Yeah, imagine donating your entire life for eight for eight years of your life just for it to end like that. Couldn't be me. 
Dude, it was so bad, dude. And we didn't start watching it until the eighth season came out. Mm-hmm. We played catch up where they gave you a time frame. Like if you start now, you'll catch up to the beginning of season eight. If you watch one episode yeah. a day. Yeah, one of my friends tried to get me to watch it to watch the eighth season and be caught up. And I was like, nah, doesn't seem like it's really my thing, you know, because I I had this weird feeling that everyone was going to hate either the last season or they were going to hate the last ever episode because it never turns out the way the fans want it to. And not even that. This logic was so stupid. It was bad, dude. It didn't even make sense to me. No, I don't even know. I don't even know what the half the show is about. You don't even need to. That last episode is so terrible. Yeah, I mean, it was just man. I I don't even know what to say. It was just it was that bad. Like it makes me teary eyed every time I think about it. I don't even feel bad for the people who were huge Game of Thrones fans. I mean, they kind of got what they deserved. Well, they were simping. Yeah. They were simping hard for this show. They were simping for, um, what's her name? Elizabeth Clark? Is that her name? Emily uh, Amelia Cl- Clark. Yeah, em- em- Amelia Clark. I mean, they were simping for her. And this is what happens when you simp, dude. You simp hard, you pay. I mean, you can simp for her, but I mean, simp for the show. and that's But that kinda... went, that, I mean, people simped for her and then they got punished by the ultimate worst and... ending. Pretty much everyone ends up dying, and then like the what the the three, like characters who really aren't worth a fuck, end up surviving or whatever. And then the rightful owner to the throne is like some spoiled ass kid. Some, Something like some that. Some kid that know. like had no relevance to the show whatsoever. He was kind of like a side yeah. thought. Yeah, it's like he came like at the eleventh hour. He was like, "Oh, guess it's my throne." He. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I learned how to be a, a, a something something and uh, fuck you guys. You guys fought, but uh, I'm exiling my half brother. Fuck you, and then I'm, I'm the king. That would be like that would be like if Boat Boy became the rightful owner. Like um, if Boat Boy were to become like John Mayer's apprentice, that'd be like that equivalent. Some... No, actually, that'd be just as bad. Yeah, exactly. It'd be equivalent to. That boy, boy, boy becoming the new guitar player for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I don't know. I think that'd be even worse. I, I really like, think they'd go they'd go under. Their, their their whole franchise would just crash. Oh yeah. Like it'd be over. Like even John would say, you know, I don't I don't think this is worth it anymore. And just literally just put the guitar down and set it on fire. His final I homage mean, to Jimi I would, Hendrix. I, I would not blame him one bit for that. No. Mm. Not at all. Zero. Zero. So John joins the band. Um, they released their latest album. Um, it's a pretty good song. I like it. Yes, yeah, it's, it's pretty. It's really good. Um, it's good. I think I made a comment to you about it's like it's like a perfect single where it's like it's there to kind of draw you in. I'm more excited for the for the album as a whole. But uh, my one observation was they sound better in E flat. I, yeah. And here's another thing where people are complaining that it was an E flat guys. Music is always, you always write the music to the singer's range. You never write it the opposite. It's not like I'm going to write a song in G for Pooner. If Pooner can't sing in G, 
you always yep. adjust to whatever the senior can sing to. Yep. Yep. So they did E flat because you know Anthony's getting old. I'm surprised they never they didn't do this in the beginning. Because it, it sounds like Anthony can actually like relax his voice. He sounds yeah, more he, he sounds more relaxed. Yeah, like you said, they're getting older. So, you know, it's 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 better to go down in pitch, you know, while you know he still has it. Do you remember when that Zeppelin came back together? They had to go down. They went down a whole step, didn't they? No. <laughs> they went down like a minor third. Oh, really? It was like the sea, dude. <laughs> yeah, because Robert Plant, I mean, it, those songs are too... They only... I mean, that's high, dude. Yeah, the lower they only that did... They only did one show. That's crazy, right? Yeah. But it was, it was hard for them because, I mean, Jimmy Page is up there in age. I remember he said his, his well, hands it, were just not doing it. Well, ACDC, they went down uh, to E-flat in their Black in their black Ice World Tour when they were, like, in their 50s. And Brian Johnson was, like, in his uh, early 60s. Boom. So when you're, bar- you're barely going down to E-flat when you're in your 60s, that's pretty damn good. And, and I mean, to me, I like things in E-flat, believe it or not. Because, I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan was in E-flat. Jimi Hendrix was mm-hmm. in E-flat. My favorite years of Metallica, they were in E flat. They went back up a whole step though. Metallica, they went back to E. Mm-hmm. Um, because the someone was complaining about it not sounding like Metallica, but I think it sounded way better. Everything down a half step. I, I mean, in, in Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think it works better in E flat. I it just sounded it sounded relaxed. It sounded more. Yeah, it works better too because it's more of the heaviness i think heavier music sounds better down in pitch versus like you know kind of softer rock you know like mayor he does stuff in standard but like when he jams out like to hendrix stuff he goes to e flat yeah guns and roses e flat yeah um i mean it makes sense it, it makes sense and it's easier on the hands too. If you're using point tens, you do E flat. They feel like point nines. I mean, all odd. So it's a win. But you know, how people always try to find some of this shit on. People, people always have to find some, just some like the 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 such infinitesimally small things. People love to shit on. Like they're like, oh, that was cool, but I would have did this better, or they should have did this better. Like like the SE Silver Sky, dude. Like. It's like we know it's a bu- it's a quote unquote budget friendly guitar. Stop comparing it to the core because it's not gonna be as good as the core because obviously there's a price difference. It's made in a different fucking country. Dude, so it's one third the price. Yeah. So if there's a if there's a small tiny imperfection on the, the SE Silver Sky, it's justified because it's from another fucking country, not in America. Yeah, it's it's one third the price. One third the price. One yeah, third. people are people are complaining that it doesn't have locking tuners. It's one third you know, the price. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's one third of the price. You can, if you want, if you really want locking tuners, you can shell out a hundred bucks for the PRS locking tuners. No, that I mean that's entry level, dude. We all start with our SEs or LTDs, our Squires. Mm-hmm. It's, it's to get the early player on, man. Because not everyone's going to start out like, oh, let me buy a $2,400 guitar. No, dude. It doesn't work that way, man. Unless you're a blues lawyer. Oh, fuck. 
Yeah, Blues Lawyers was shit on me because I got a poor man's Dumble, a Mesa. <laughs> Dude. Actually, you know who said that? It was uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. He was the, he was he the, said what? He said that the the Mesa, like, I guess he was, he wanted a Dumble. We were doing our research for the episode. I read where someone asked him what would be an alternative to a Dumble. He's like, just get a Mesa. It's the poor man's Dumble. Is this an actual excerpt from something, or is it like the the five string guitar? Oh, dude, <laughs> I gotta find that. You know, I honestly think it was on the album inside the album sheet. You know, the one where you get to read little excerpts. Yeah, I think that's where it was at, dude. But I'm gonna research because I gotta find that comment. He could have been joking, yeah, and I misread it, dude. Probably because I've never heard anything close to. Steve Rayvon and Mesa put together. I don't know, man. You're, it sounds like you're you're starting to become the uh, Joe Rogan of uh, spreading misinformation about. Oh, uh, dude, you want to, <laughs> dude? That's actually happening right now. Oh, that's funny. Just don't go and say the N word on our show. Oh hell no! So, yeah, that whole thing. It, it's just it's emotion. You strike emotion, you get people to do movements. Because when people live off emotion, they do they do things. But. I, but I believe that this, like this, this thing in general is justified to be emotional because, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's a word that we shouldn't say. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't th- I, it's not. I it's not appropriate for those. Yeah, it's not appropriate. Yeah. So he was, if he's saying, "Oh, I'm sorry," you know, he's like, "Yeah, but you said it like I don't know how many times in sixty episodes." I mean, but yeah, I I, I think the emotional kind of discourse is justified the emotional backlash is justified because mm. of like i said how the word is and yeah he shouldn't be saying it nah he's just he's not in the place even he's not i mean yeah he has friends or whatever it doesn't matter you can't be saying that it is what it is you just can't say that they're just words that died that we shouldn't be using exactly <laughs> So yeah, we are definitely gonna do some more research on this Stevie Ray Vaughan Mesa I guess topic the, the, because it was a nineteen eighty three in the nineteen eighty three episode of Guitar World that it was stated. But I'm trying to find it now. <laughs> Guitar it was somewhere in Guitar World nineteen eighty three, one of the magazines. Because it was referenced it was referenced on the gearpage.net. The quotation is, just bought two Mesa Boogies. I don't even know what models they are. They're small wooden ones. The only reason I'm using it is because they sound a lot like a Dumble. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to buy a Dumble as soon as I get the money. That was the quote from SRV. Send me the, uh, the link. Okay, I can't find the actual Guitar World. We need fact checkers, bro. Do you have any friends? <laughs> that way we can Besides keep, Pooner? That way we can have the conversation and people can fact check. Besides Pooner, no. Who is Pooner? What is Pooner? I'm excited. John Frusciante's back. That's all that matters. Haters be haters. I don't know why, but we're gonna we're gonna encourage the next gen to just freaking, you know, write good music, move forward. Uh, I'm, I, I try to stay away from the social media because it's all too much, too much to absorb. I'm, I'm just going to stay in my own little world. 
We got music speaks sometimes very loud. If you follow us, cool. Um, we would love to get more folks on the show. We're going to probably start venturing out to conversations via iPhone or telephone. Just let us know. You know, I want to get your, your buddy on here that's like a hardcore Hendrix fan. I want to hear his take on Hendrix. I have a friend who's a hardcore Hendrix fan. <laughs> uh, you actually do. A conformist good friend. He's a, he was oh, a really, Robert. Yeah, he's a really big Hendrix fan. I remember having uh, conversations with him like 15, 16 years ago. It was interesting because he's like, he's diehard, dude. He knows his shit. So I want to get that kind of expert on this and kind of discuss Hendrix. I love Hendrix, but there's people that love him more than I do. So, yep. So, yeah, that's the article. And, and then people commented, because SR, SRV said it, it must be true. <laughs> we got to listen to it. And honestly, I didn't like um, Santana with... I don't like him with Dumble. I like him more with uh, Mesa. I think yeah, Mesa's no. more for, for Santana, but for Steve Ray Vaughan, because of the style, the, the very percussive style, I think Dumble makes sense for him, but for, for Santana, I think he just did it because it's expensive. You know what I mean? You never... He shouldn't do things because of price. You know, just because, oh, I can I can own a Dumble. You can. That's my tone. No. I mean... I played through an emulated Dumble, but I run a, a Eddie Van Halen Overdrive over it because I'm not that type of player that would sound appropriate for a Dumble, right? It's not my style. But I do use it as a core. But not to say I would sound yeah. good with it. It's all stylistic, like what styles work for you. Yeah, because... Because you're a Fender would... guy, remember? You can get stone tones out of Fender. If you can get tones after out of Fenders, then yeah, I could say use Dumble. But if you can't, uh, use Marshall or something else. Yeah, cause yeah, you wouldn't see me with like a high gain amp- amplifier. Exactly, and I, I'm I'm all about the high gain, cause it, and then you you learn to adapt to the style and the tone. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much more I can elaborate on that. <laughs> You're like, let's just leave it at that. All right, music speaks. We're out. Peace. Enjoy the Corformer song. It's gonna be bumping towards the end. Give him a like, follow on the IG. He needs to keep throwing more axes because that's what he does. He throws axes. Peace.